welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 66, and I am one of your high priests, Ray. And I'm your other high priest, coming, uh, Connor, coming to you from the past to the future, back to the future past, starring Ray and Connor, as we look at Moon Knight Volume something or other, the Ellis Run, Issue 3, Volume 7, that's the one. Uh, which is called something as well. Um, as well as some news we'll be plugging in here later. It's a, it's a pretty, it's going to be a pretty interesting episode and I hope you uh, kick back, relax and get your conchie on. Yes, welcome back loony listeners. Yes, this is going to be a, a bit of a strange one. Look, straight off the bat, Connor and I are going to admit that we are actually recording this ahead of schedule. So we found uh, a bit of free time between us. So why not? We Why not, I say? Why not do the, the modern run review? So although we aren't technically following the phases of the moon, this will be released uh, on a waxing crescent. So this will be released in a couple of weeks from now. And having said that, Connor, how are you? We are we are like two weeks. Uh, we are now living in the present, but um, as you hear this, listeners, you'll be listening to us as if we were in the past. <laughs> that makes sense. How are you, Connor? I am bloody good. Uh, as you will know, our exploits in uh, the episode coming out post the thirtieth of what's really happening right now. Um, we got to We'll also be recording episode sixty four tomorrow uh, crazy yeah. stuff but yeah i am super well it's always good actually this is my first time jumping in for an ellis review so that's pretty exciting yeah welcome back connor you um i think the last few episodes although you will be present in episode 64 <laughs> um the previous episodes before that uh you're away i hope all's well you, you had a bit of an injury um i believe uh, let, mm, I think I work a very shitty job at a meatworks, and it is slowly ruining my body, so. Ah, uh, that's no good, uh, you've got to take care of the I body. Know. Yeah, down the track, um, you know, things will go, go sour. And the other, um, I'm just trying to think, the other week, oh yeah, you were off, uh, you were off meeting out justice, uh, exacting vengeance, I believe. I- I'm hoping everything went well. Um... I totally forget that's in reference to, but yes, I was uh, wearing some nice bone armor. I was looking dashing, <laughs> and I was uh, just out beating some people up. You know, Excellent. I've now got several warrants in several several states. It's good. Well, all the more to keep your back in check. You know, if you're on the lamb, you don't want to be you know hobbling to your next safe house. Um, anyway, loonies, yes, uh, you know, a bit of a confused. Introduction, but uh, let me just try and recap again. Um, we are recording ahead of schedule. When you hear this, it will be two weeks ahead of when we are recording this. So Connor and I are in effect stuck in a bit of a uh, a time warp. We will be stuck in the past. So we don't know stuff that has happened in the last two weeks. Although we are trying, we will try to give our uh, two cents worth on them. So Connor, I um I had a little look as to what is coming up ahead and actually as you listen to this loonies will have already just been released. Um comics wise Connor, we have on the Marvel side, if we just I know stick to that, I couldn't find anything on Valiant actually. Uh the the what if series will have released by the time this goes to air. Um what what are your predictions? Are you going to collect this? Were you interested in this title at all? Um, I think I'll t- I've got a few definitely down, some creators I like, uh, there's, uh, there's a What If Magic, and a What mm. If, um, X-Men I'll be picking up, because that's got Brian Hill and Lee, Lay Williams, Lee Williams? Okay. And by two creators I really like, I'll be checking it out. Uh, the Punisher Spider-Man one sounds dumb, but I'll be picking <laughs> up People Say, same with the Flash Thompson one, so I'll be playing it by ear. What about yourself? Yeah, I, I, um, the standout for me was the Punisher one, but you're right, it, it looks dumb, <laughs> but uh, that's probably exactly why I want to pick it up. Uh, yeah, no, that one, I'm actually, I'm, I'm keen to have a look at, at all of them. I, I used to love the What If series back in the day when it was on. Um, one of the very first comics I got was 
What If Wolverine Was an Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. with a Rob Liefeld... Yeah, it had a Rob Liefeld cover, and that really drew me in. Uh, I didn't see his feet in the in the front cover, so <laughs> that that's probably good. But it was an awesome front cover, uh, and it was a great issue. I, I remember just being really wowed by R- Rob Liefeld and the whole What If premise. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be, be checking out that. My prediction would be that... Um, I mean, I can't remember the the um, the creators, but I reckon there'll be a pretty solid, a solid slab of yeah, comics. I think. Yeah. I think. I hope they get collected in one nice little trade. I think. It, I think it's. I think it's a good move. I think it's a lot of fun and just kind of, if you got the money for it, yeah. it's good. And they're one shots. One shots always help. Exactly. There's a there's a defenders line coming up, which I'm excited for because Ooh. it's like a big branching story. But at the That's same right. time, you know, it's Is kind that... of a big money commitment. Yeah, will that be out by the time this airs as well? No, that's December. I oh, believe. December. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, no, for sure. I, I love one shots as well. They're nice, and and we'll get obviously the uh, issue that we're reviewing tonight. The lunar pick is a is a one shot. Warren Ellis's moonshot, uh, moonshot, moon nights um, comics. Uh, they're really good, yeah, but, but it would be very good in trade as well, I'm sure. Also, the other big one I thought, Connor, was X-Men Black. So, listeners, you may have already read some of the X-Men Black issues. Connor and I are still blind because we're stuck here two weeks behind you. Connor, what do you think? Would you be... Are you are you back into the mutants or... Um, or... I'm big back in the mutants, yeah? I think. Well, sort of. Um, I'm reading... They've got some pretty good comics. I'm reading Mr. and Mrs. X and X-Men Red... I'll be mm-hmm. checking out um, Uncanny X-Men, honestly. Yeah, me too. And there was another pretty good, I think, mutant-related announcement in the December solicitation. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm right. Likewise, the same um, creators are filling me in. I'll be tack- I'll be definitely doing the Emma Frost um, X-Men Black. Yes. And we'll see how we go on the rest of them, actually. Yeah, I'll, I'll be keen. I think my predictions, uh, well... They're pretty much just personal tastes, really. Um, Juggernaut and Mojo, I reckon, will be will be big ones. Um, I'm looking forward to to those stories as well as Emma Frost as well. She's been out of the limelight for a while. Yeah. So um, she's always been an interesting character. Always potentially at the well, actually potentially at the the centre of controversy because of her, how she's depicted. But um, that would be good. Yeah, Uncanny X Men. Uh, yeah, I'm on board as well. I've I've slowly gotten back into the mutant titles. I want to give a shout out to one of the collective members, the Uncanny Nerdverse. I would have to partially um, thank them for for getting myself back into the the mutants thing. Um, uh, it's a really good listen, so check it out, listeners, if you want the oh, Uncanny perfect. Nerdverse. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been collecting. Oh, look, out of out of just pure loyalty, multiple man. It, it's a pretty stock standard arc, I think, at the moment. I haven't really been wowed by it, um, but I'm still collecting that. Domino, I've just fallen in love with. I don't know oh, about you, Connor. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, I've got uh, it sitting there. Got it sitting there. you got it sitting there. Yeah, she's... Uh, Domino, I was about to say, she's released an annual. Domino's released... <laughs> um, they've released a Domino annual as well, which I've heard really good things about. Again, Loonies, sorry, this is probably like weeks old for you, but... Um, yeah, X-Men Black should be good as well. Um, on the film side of things, Connor, so as we're stuck here in, uh, what is the date, uh, it, at the uh, at the end of September, we're still in September here, um, stuck in our time warp. Uh, by the time you listen to this, Loonies, there would have been a couple of a couple of films coming out, most notably Venom. Con- Connor, mm-hmm. um, are you, have you got your tickets ready? I mean, I'll probably see it out of... Yeah interest but i do not have any hopes for that film i will admit i'm ah. kind of a pessimist for this one yeah yeah but i think i'll check it out predictions not that strong sounds like a kind of a mess behind the scenes okay well I think it's taken some bad turns for i think fans but i don't know i yeah. like venom more than i'd probably admit out loud yeah kind well, of sucks. Hang on, let, let me good. let me put this to you then connor so just imagine myself just outside the cinema doors and you've just walked out of the cinema um, and I say, hey, Connor, how are you going? Funny, funny seeing you here. Um, yeah, just uh, walk to Sydney. Just <laughs> Sorry? Sorry? <laughs> just walk to Sydney, just down the road? Yeah, Sydney. yeah, funny, George Street. That's a, it's a long walk from uh, yeah, to Wumpa. But anyway, so you come out of the Venom film. What, what did you think of it? Was it good? Uh, yeah, I thought it was um, pretty goofy, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, action was uh, pretty cool, I think. Uh, villains could have been better. I think yep. Tom Hardy... 
probably didn't get the time to shine he deserved as a great actor, but I think um, I think the Goop was pretty good. I think we give the Goop out of ten. What about yourself? Yeah, I um, yeah, funny. Yeah, I, I came out of the cinema as well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so uh, I thought I thought it was. Oh, I thought it was a typical Sony film, not ex- excluding a Homecoming. I, I, I think it's. I thought it was pretty standard, but I enjoyed it because I enjoy the character. Uh, I liked Tom Hardy's performance. I think he has done a really good job. I think the special effects were good, and uh, and I I do like Michelle Williams as well. So I, I think she she makes do with what she has for the film. And I um I like the the ending, which opens it up to a sequel. How's that? Mm. How's I that? A, I think that's. I think that's a pretty good review that doesn't exist yet. I think we're really ahead of the curve. I think this is a bold new step. Well, we are literally ahead. cinema reviewing. <laughs> uh, so there you go, Looney's hot takes from both Connor and myself for Venom. The other one, I'm not a big fan, but I, you know, I am aware of this uh, Doctor Who and the new Doctor. Oh will have already released as we speak. Um, And again, Connor, oh, hello. You're coming out of the cinema doors. There you are again. Um, How did you find Doctor Who? It is is in cinemas, isn't it? I, they usually do it. I actually have no idea. Uh, I don't think it's in Swamba because we're not cool enough. Um, (laughs) But uh, so obviously I walked back down to Sydney for this. Um, Yes. I I, I thought it was pretty good. I think it shows a lot of promise. I like how British it is. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, people sound more British than ever. It's got, I think, a nice range of companions that really make it, that bolsters it a bit more than I've cared for previous seasons. Mm-hmm. And they're nice little one-shot episodes, which I think is a strong step. Oh, that's great. I um, I share your sentiments. Look, not knowing much about Doctor Who, I did appreciate the new Doctor's performance. I thought she did really well. I, I think the, the humour's a little different to the usual Doctor Who stuff, but it's uh, it's sharp, it's quite witty, and uh, I, I see good things ahead for this, Connor. I see good things ahead for Doctor Who. Hmm, me too. I'll, de- I'll definitely be here <laughs> for the season. Yeah, me, me too as well. Um, so there you go, Looney's another hot take. Brilliant, brilliant in-depth review. The hottest content of the hottest content. 29th of September. <laughs> Coming at you. Back to the Future or Into the Past or something. So there you go. Um, yeah, that that was just our uh, little uh, snippet of of us being a little in the past. But we will be... This is a bit weird, Connor, because we are actually reviewing an issue that will be reviewed in the future, but is actually a past issue as well. So it's pretty weird. Yeah, I think this this will actually be content not just us guessing the future so you know yeah exactly. a be, be a bit more straightforward face front true believers and riddle me this do you enjoy comics great well you're already halfway there join me and together we can rule the galaxy as listener and producer my new weekly the bi-weekly show deals with the heroes that don't get enough credit street level heroes like daredevil moon knight spider-man and the like with a strong emphasis on stories that don't get quite enough credit either, or perhaps are just plain goofy, with the occasional look into jumping on points for new readers who might be interested. I'm Ethan Ainsworth, and this is Knights, a Marvel podcast. Check me out on Podbean and iTunes. Fun isn't something one considers when balancing the universe, but this podcast (laughs) does put a smile on my face. We now have our Lunar Pick review. Let me just let me just uh, change our prompt sheet there. Had the old title, our Lunar Pick review, and it is not a trade or arc review. It is a modern run and modern um, run, modern modernity run. Um, 
and Sorokon, maybe if you could probably just give us the credits again, as well as the availability. This is vastly available. So yes, it's very good. fantastic. Uh, the it's available by single issues, Comicsology, Marvel Unlimited, and a trade that is still readily available in print mm. from the Dead collects the first six issues of the run. Yeah. And all and the other stuff. Yes, exactly. And look, if you're um if you're having trouble as well, just check eBay. I mean, I've seen seen plenty on eBay as well. So you can find them anywhere, really, or even some of your Facebook um, marketplaces. That they, um, I'm sure they'll they'll have it. Sorry, Connor, I interrupted. No, that's all good. This is uh, uh, was it issue uh, volume seven, issue three, a box released July 2014 with writer Warren Ellis, artist Declan Shelby, Jordi Belair on colors, letterer Chris Iliopoulos, and editors Ellie Paul, Nick Lowe bringing together the team that made this six issues incredible. Yeah. And and what a, a six-issue run. This is the third one, as you said, Connor. Um, they've pretty much been all standalone. And um, look, in, in uh, if I deliver the sliver, basically what we get is a bunch of spirits that uh, are at unrest and they come across... Mr. Knight, and Mr. Knight tries to find a way to beat them, and he does, and he discovers why they are so unrestful. I think that's about it, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it sounds very simple, and again, it is very, it is very simple. But the way it was written and uh, and Shelby's art is just just fantastic. So, um, kind of, what was the one of the first? Um, things that struck out for you for this issue. Ooh, I think I'll jump in here because I have been away for all the Ellis issues, but it's just so cinematic. I love mm. the openings in this, like it's a proper credit title. The yeah. Marvel Entertainment Presents, the Moon Knight font, and then this these great action scenes. Yeah, it just it's just one of the best looking books. So Warren Ellis is known for two things. He's known for some very intriguing, sometimes confusing runs, but he's also well known for just working with a fantastic set of artists to create just a big action epic. Usually very silent, just focused on brilliant action. Just so... And it's so visceral here, you know, probably one of the best scenes early on is Moon Knight getting the shit beaten out of him just because you see the way yeah. the blood and the yes. clothes just fly, the cool weapons, and then... Yeah. Yeah, I, I, armor. I'd have to... um Just taking a step back there with that that first fight scene where Moon, Mr. Knight is getting the the tar beaten out of him. As you say, I've got to call out and give props to Geordie Belair as well as Declan Shelby for the artwork. Um, but for me, yeah, Belair's colours. I really love how she depicts these these spectres. You know, no pun intended. So, you know, they're kind of green, and you get this kind of green hue. Um, I was about to say throughout. You do throughout the the scenes of New York, not so much up in Grant Mansion, but you get yeah this, yeah. There's green. I don't know. It's almost as if it's to me. It reminded me of like um, radiation. You know, but I know they're ghosts and stuff. But it just kind of evokes that kind of feeling. And uh, as you mentioned with Declan Shelby, I love the the amount of detail he puts where, say, Mister Knight gets his back torn by the, the chain from the, the ghost, and you see then just that smattering of red, the blood, um, really contrasts to the white as well as the very muted greens that Belair has introduced. I, I think it's great. One of my favourite panels is that one from above, kind of the bird's eye, where you see, you actually see the ghosts, I think, or is it Mr. Knight's footprints in the snow? Because there's a whole lot of them, and um, he's just being beaten by them. Oh, yeah, I think that's... Ghost, possibly. I don't know. Yeah, but I really love just the you know just the little flecks of, of footprints you see. Um, it just kind of really gives a very you know abstract artistic uh, look to it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, very good. And we also see kind of as you mentioned. So, uh, so you, unfortunately, you weren't with us for the first two issues. So issue one had Mister Knight. Issue two, the last one we reviewed, Sniper, had. Moon Knight more in his in his uh, costume, you know, with the with the hood and the cape, and so issue three, Warren Ellis brings us back to Mister Knight, but it's not for long because, as you say, Connor, we get a look at some funky armor here. The the bird, what is it? Sorry, the bird armor. 
Yeah, it seems to be ancient Egyptian armor dating back from the times of Conchu being worshipped himself, mm. seemingly. It's just, it just, he's yeah. just, he just becomes one massive bony boy. I think <laughs> this is. I think we've seen this really well cosplay as well. So yeah, I think another great addition is just part of this to the Moon Knight canon, which I think Ellis did a lot of, just kind of introducing cool stuff with Conchu and the mansion itself. You know, apparently there's just this whole warehouse of weapons to play with. With the old Conchu statue, we haven't we hadn't seen. Yes. Uh, post this run, I guess. Conchu's and- been busy otherwise. Exactly. And can I actually just insert here, Connor, as well? I mean, I know we've still to review, which will have been released by now, but we are still to review the the latest uh, sec- penultimate issue of, of Moon Knight by Bemis. And I just want to say, like, with, with Warren Ellis's thing, see, what I love about this Ellis run, not only is it well-written and it's it's visceral and everything, Ellis has introduced and he's added on a lot more to Moon Knight to Moon Knight canon, you know, we've got Mr. Knight now, we have this uh, Conchu bird skull, and, and we as fans, we love that. And I don't know, I just want to say, I like, I'd like to applaud the writers that actually try, give things a go, you know, not stick to what is safe, um, and, you know, things might be hit and miss, you know, they might they might work and they might not, but I think one of the strengths of a good writer and a good artist is to push the boundary, is to try and find new things. Um, and Warren Ellis does this very well here. Um, what I really like about this, Connor, is, as you mentioned, with the bird armour and it being ancient armour and such, and you see the Conchu statue, I wonder if this is going to be reinvestigated. We have a shot here, digital copy I'm looking at. It's um, I'm looking at the digital copy of the trade, sorry. And it's uh, so it's page fifty-eight. But there's a a big scene of Mark Spector with a, a bloodied back in a in a room, a storeroom, looking at stuff. He's looking for stuff. And anyway, Conchu had mentioned to Mark, you know, you've got armor to 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 defeat um, you know undead things. Uh, you also have armor to defeat dead things as well. So I like the fact, Connor, that he has a storeroom with what is seemingly an unlimited um, variety of weapons and armour that he can tap into. And I'd really love to see him use it more, you know. So we only see the bird armour, I think, for this issue alone. Yeah. I wonder what else he has in here, like, in his boxes. Yeah, I mean, is that possibly where Bemis's weird sword whip thing came from? Yes, yeah, exactly. That sort of stuff's brilliant. Uh, the the wraparound belt uh, sword that you see mm. in the Bemis run. Yeah, yeah sure. almost. Sorry. No, no, no. Go on. No, no. Sorry, I, I was just finished. Oh, I was. Yeah, I was just saying. Like, I hope in the next run we'll get that we kind of see a collection of a lot of uh, the old and the new stuff as well. I'd love to see this armor revisited, and I think there's plenty in the Lemire and Bemis run, which is just what's so great about Moon Knight. Mm. It's just a never-ending addition to canon that never wants to say the same. Yeah. He never wants to just, I don't know. Exactly. It, it doesn't want to, you can, and we've said this time and time again, you can look at every volume and there's a different twist in some way each time, you know. So that is one of the massive strengths of Moon Knight, I think. And, you know, rightly so, I'm not here to defend everything. Uh, rightly so, there are some hits and misses and there are some good and bad runs. Um, but what I do love is that we have a character here that is ever changing and ever growing still. I mean, he was he was created in 1975. It's not that long ago, you know. If you compare it to uh, Namor back in the 30s, you know, or, or, or even Spider-Man wow. in the 60s with the Hulk, um, 1975. He's not that not that old. So uh, there's plenty to add on to his lore. But yeah. Um, any other points here, Connor, um, for for this issue that you enjoyed? Um, there's plenty. So, I think uh, this one probably... I don't even know where to start. I've got a few points to come. I think I'll go with the... Let's talk about Shelby's art, because mm-hmm. it's um, just awesome. Just The fight scenes are amazing. I think the way he incorporates the bone armor is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, the first fight scene we see with him on, which is this cool... 
It's got like the beak, but it's also got this kind of samurai armor kind of looking. It's got yeah. kind of that skirt sort of thing, that padded chest and like a necklace, which is cute. I love that and mishmash, we see the, the mishmash of, of cultures there. Oh, yeah. And just the way we see the fist collides and the way it's so like exaggerated with the ghost and we see weird things like there's a singular bone which acts as a shield. It's apparently super strong. Oh, yeah. And then there's the bone knuckle dusters and it just... The fact that Ghost just lets Shelby just go all out with the fight scene, knocking off heads, yeah, ripping bodies in half. Yeah, I did wonder about that, but then I guess you can you can get away with it for them being just like ghosts, right? But if you were to, I mean, obviously, if they were normal humans, this would be utterly a max level kind <laughs> of thing, wasn't it? Even that whole splash page where he punches that first ghost and his skull just explodes. And uh, you see all this, I don't know, ectoplasm or something come out of his head. Um, really cool stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I love it. And and the contrast, if we're looking at Shelby's art, of the amount of detail in the bone armour compared to uh, the rest of the panels, like even the ghosts, it's all very muted. Um, he even uses some watercolours in some of the panels. You can see um, Connor I'm looking at that ghost with the chain coming at him. And uh, you've got the, the black background, and I think they're watercolours. Yeah, possibly, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, I love the um, the closest thing, I guess, to the Cestus, one of my favourites, you know, those spike knuckles. He's got those bone knuckles. Yeah. Which are really cool. And he whips them out in very cinematic fashion, doesn't he? He kind of behind his back. You see him just standing there. Um, and then he pulls them out. And then with one punch, he just like dismembers these ghosts uh one of my favorite scenes there connor is at the top of one of the pages that one of the heads falls onto the ground and what looks like little ghostly maggots come out of his head it, it's all very it's yeah. all very graphic um but yeah no shelby's art is is brilliant and again similar to his magnificent number five i love his kinetic motion with the fight scenes and stuff. Every body movement is is like a snapshot, so you can easily follow... It's almost like, yeah, like a movie. You can imagine it moving, the, these panels, which Shelby does really well. Um, and, and by saying that, I mean, he doesn't shift the camera too much. So like some of the artists have a tendency of trying to cover everything in the action scene, so you, you get high shots, you get low shots, you... All of a sudden, you're spun around and you see another perspective of, of the fight scene. We're, we're pretty much just stuck here with the motion of, of uh, Moon Knight in the bird armour. And, uh, yeah, really good stuff. Yeah, I mean, and just as well, uh, just the way the suit works as well, there's some fantastic shots. Like, I think the one's iconic where Belair is just given this the black and the white blending together with the massive flowing cape. mm and the fantastic one on page 17 where the cape's now completely horizontal. Yes. Running forward. And I think just the gorgeous way, the the way he's put so much effort into working the cape and the way it would actually move when he's walking down the stairs, say, yes. in the second last, third last page, I think. Oh, that is brilliant, Fourth. isn't it? I, I was looking at that and it actually comes across as a very ghostly figure doesn't it because the the capes just draped down there's no more theatrical flair to it like the the panel at the top of the page where he kind of uh, lands in front of that that door um but yeah even as you say Connor, that that panel with the uh horizontal cape as he's running like that sort of stuff is brilliant because it really does imply the movement of it even the way moon knight is drawn there with the the beak totally horizontal as well you get this motion that he's running at speed um and it's very you know it's a difficult thing to portray in in essentially static images but um by having moon knight's torso almost horizontal as well by having his arms kind of in that running motion uh it really does evoke a nice horizontal or a, a nice um motion to it um yeah, we also yep. get kind of um, more of the Ellis technology. So we get the the moon glider as well, which we did see again in Bemis, didn't we, in the collective two-parter? 
Oh um, yeah. Hmm. And I, I do like. I hope we see more of it because it's it's a pretty cool thing. I I, I like it compared to the the moon copter or the moon jet. It's a, a lot more compact, and it's uh, I, I'd amu- I'd assume it's a lot more maneuverable for him because it's smaller. But yeah, it's pretty funky. And um, if I can continue on, probably like my last point. So yep. I think best part of the art, of course, we could talk. There are so many iconic pictures. I think. From him opening up the um the room of Egyptian collect- collectibles to Conchu on the chair as always to getting beaten up to the the bone armor, but I think this issue at first kind of just plays like as an action comic, and it's even kind of funny in the way the conversation works between Conchu and Mark, and the, the the depiction of the ghost is actually kind of comical as well. But then we get to the ending, and then it kind of plays out more like an issue of injection, which is his image uh, one of his image series which is probably my favorite thing okay. he's putting out right now absolutely just i mean it's on hiatus as it usually does for quite a while but right. it is just stellar and it's just such a quiet and really depressing ending that just leaves so many questions but just tells such a a poignant simple story that you know an attack of conscience as he says mm. and just betrayal and loss and mistakes and two pages really yeah and it's kind of crazy you can do that in just two pages but yeah and it, it really draws back to kind of the the more sad and depressing nature of moon Knight that just worked really well for this whole run and possibly even sets up for the finale with black specter in issue six yeah just that kind of thematic tone yeah it, we are kind of yeah you're right kind of really brought back to earth a bit with with this kind of somber scene here and uh, and let's play it out Connor so as he goes he's drawn into this um, abandoned like, warehouse we see slumped there are four figures which obviously have been dead for a long time uh, and we clearly see some some bullets um, holes in their skull uh, and then under what seems to be a glimmering light, um, just cross-legged and with a gun in his hand, we see another corpse, uh, and Moon Knight picks up the box, which is I, what the, the whole thing is titled from, uh, and he looks underneath it uh, and says, Johnny, be good, love mum. Um, so, you know, without spoiling everything that kind of is kept up in the air here, Connor, uh, how do you see this play out? What, what was this scene then telling us? So, yeah, obviously, I think these are some pretty violent punks that have a dangerous assortment of weapons and aren't afraid to hurt. And obviously, one of the five, I guess, gets a memento from his mother or just finds it again, is possibly ashamed of what he's done Mm. and kills everyone who's with him for hurting people and himself for what they've done. Yeah, right. No, that's that's very thoughtful, Connor. I... (laughs) I did think that as well, but just slightly different. I, I just thought, um, uh, see, my take was that I thought he, the person had killed those four other punks in, you know, whatever violent fashion or whatever whatever reason. Um, and then it was this box that reminded him of his mum and, and, and her wish for him to, to be good. Then I thought, then maybe he took his own life. I, I'm I'm not sure. Like, um, then this is typical, I guess, as you're saying, Warren Ellis leaves it up to interpretation. But either way, I think Connor, it does have that same sort of, the same effect for both of us reading it. Um, oh yeah, totally. And I think if you asked Ellis, he probably wouldn't give you a straight answer. I don't yeah. think he'd answer the question at all. I think that's the beauty of his run. And yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, again, we only allow one Batman reference per episode. It's kind of like, um, is it the killing joke? You know how there was all that discussion at the end? Is that Alan Moore? All the discussion at the end about what happens when Batman and the Joker are you know, laughing at the end? And there's that puddle. Oh, have, yeah. have you read it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's that ambiguity and there's this whole lot of thing. What happened? Did Batman kill the Joker? Um, blah, 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 blah. It's kind of the, the same thing here. Uh, nice being left up in the air here and for you to draw your own conclusions. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's a really cool Wes Anderson movie 
that does the same thing. It had Scarlett Johansson and it had Bill Murray. Lost in Translation. That was a really oh, good movie. Oh, I haven't movie. seen that. Actually. You haven't seen it? Okay, well, I mean, I, I don't think I'm spoiling anything, but um, they leave things up in the air, definitely, at the end. Um, and you're just left to, to wonder what, what was said. It's really good. But, uh, yeah, same sort of thing here. And um, very good. And then we see Moon Knight just take the box and in a lot of silent kind of panels, he flies off on his moon glider and uh, he just drops the box, it seems, into the Hudson River. Yeah. yeah. And just getting rid of the evidence, almost there's no there's yeah. no closure to it. Kind yeah. of a, almost possibly leaving their suffering behind, not making it known to the world, possibly. Mm. I just love how matter-of-factly Moon Knight talks about it as well. You're talking to the ghost, you know. Oh yeah. Did, did you get? An and I don't think he even gets an answer either. He just takes the box and dumps it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's quite it's quite sad actually towards the end, isn't it? It just really takes a turn there, um, and it's amazing because it, it all happens within you know a few panels. You're kind of left there, not not coming out of it feeling a little down, but you're just kind of yeah a little somber at the end of it. Um, but really effective writing here from from Warren Ellis. So yeah. Um, anything else here, Connor? A little quibble here. I don't. I think it's a silly quibble. I was thinking, how does uh, Moon Knight drop the box in? He's with the glider. He needs two hands, right, to hold onto the glider. I don't know what happened there. Maybe he's got them in between his knees and he just let the box go. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not as. Uh, they probably didn't dwell on that because it's not as uh, graceful uh but yeah yeah oh no yeah if you go to page um what is it go to page 18 on the digital copy you can actually see underneath the uh, hand glider there is a little belt that must just tie around his chest that keeps him Uh, afloat yeah true keeps him can give him hands free um cruise control that's good yeah true 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 yeah, very good. Very good. Good issue. Um, having a look anything else. Any other things of note here? Uh, no, I mean, there's just the... There is a small conversation between Mark and, and Konshu, which I always love to see. Um, and Konshu is actually the one that actually gives him advice. Oh, yeah, that's the one. He's saying... Um, are people who map the afterlife, are people who clothe their dead for the world beyond a sort, always to touch down to this world. You possess all kinds of armour and raiment for killing the living. How can you not have garments for fighting the dead? So that just opens it up, doesn't it? I mean, I, I would love to see him fight the, the dead. And he kind of did it in the Bemis run. There was that dream sequence when he was fighting the, the mummies, right? That was pretty cool. But it wasn't exactly, it wasn't like real. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff left here. Actually, I'm keen. I haven't read the next part of this in a while. I can't remember whether Bun or Wood plays on this either. Uh, uh, with the armor? Yeah, uh, yeah, with just that whole room of mm. goodies. Yeah, I'm not sure as well. I mean, yeah, I can't remember. Um, I'll have to reread it again. I know Bun uses, well, Moon Knight uses a lot of his standard weapons like the crescent darts and i think the the truncheon um but like yeah for the life of me i'd love to see the bird armor come back for something i mean truth be told it is a little clunky it's not the most you know it's not the most uh versatile costume a superhero can have (laughs) it's very specific yeah very specific um what was that there was an issue connor where we saw the death of moon knight and he was in the bird armor uh it was a recent run oh god i can't remember it did do, do, do you remember that do you know what i'm talking about uh can't you explain it to me again like what do you mean uh, it was like it wasn't damn obviously it wasn't damnation it was another run like it might have been secret empire or something or some other you know crossover event and it had or alternate reality and it had moon knight and he he gets killed straight away oh what is it 
Anyway, I'm gonna have to have, have a think. It's not like that. Cosmic Ghost Rider. I don't think it was in the bird armor. No, Star, no, that, yeah, that was just Mister Knight. No, there was another one. It was an alternate. Oh, it's at the tip of my tongue. Anyway, one of those big events, and it was again another throwaway. You know, let's get rid of Moon Knight. Pretty much like the Cosmic Ghost, Ghost Rider thing. <laughs> but at least he's been shown, right? So he's he's there amongst amongst it in the public eye. So um. So anyway, so shall we give this a a moon rating then? I think we shall. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, would you like to start off? Yeah, I I really really enjoyed this. Uh, again, very tight, succinct writing from Warren Ellis. Um, really good use of the visuals. So Warren Ellis, I'm sure in his script and Declan Shalvey together, and of course Geordie Belair with their fantastic colours. Uh, just really bring this to life. I love Declan Shelby's th- thought um, that he puts into the fight scenes. Um, I love his detail. He uses detail where it's needed, and uh, he kind of strips it away where it's not that important. So, I mean, we get a lot of stuff like Mr. Knight's suit and, and the bird armor with the, the cape, um, just constant folds of the clothing and stuff. It really gives it texture. Uh, I would have to give this, and I'm going to be specific here, I'll go for a a waning gibbous. So a waning gibbous I'd put as a bit above a three-quarter moon. So we're looking at, um, yeah, like an eight out of ten, eight, eight and a half out of ten, something like that. A waning gibbous. Um, a waning gibbous. Now I've got to look at fancy moon phases. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the way I reckon is that you have you know you have your quarters, quarter, half, three quarter. I reckon the waning is just a bit over something, and the waxing is just a bit under. So if I was to say a waxing gibbous, that would be just under a a three quarter. And if I was saying a oh, wane, really? yeah, if I was about to say a waning crescent, I reckon that is just over a quarter. So somewhere in between a quarter and a half. That's how I kind of, that's how I kind of look at it. Well, I um, will agree then. The um, is it waning gibbous? Yeah, waning gibbous. I would agree. Just because at first, it the first half is like a fantastic action comic. You know, I'm not the best at describing art, so I think the best thing to do is to pick up this issue if many of you hadn't already read it and just dive in and just pour over every page. You know, it's a very quick read. Because there's very, very little dialogue, but you can just stare at every page. Mm. I love Ellis for uh, adding to Moonlight Canon as always. Yeah, you know, there's a whole new room of things to use for future writers and for new ideas and crazy new action sequences. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I love the poignant ending. I love Moon Knight or Mister Knight as a detective, and I just think the way that works, or like almost the way it works, all the way back to Volume One with just these comments on human nature. That I've lived for with old Vertigo. That's you know where Ellis started, and just all this great stuff in comics. I think those last three pages are just so affecting and simple. Leave so much open, but just say so much, and it's just a fantastic issue. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Really good, sir. Loonies, if you haven't got a copy yourself, please hunt it down. Um, even if you don't own it, you can always read it on the likes of Marvel Unlimited, or I'm assuming, or oh, maybe not, Comicsology Unlimited. I don't know if they do that, but. I can check for you now. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, but it's, it's readily available. It's worth, I mean, from our um, ratings alone, I reckon it's worth getting yourself a copy in some capacity. Um, it's funny, kind of like, we did say Wayne and Gibbous for these, um, but, you know, if I'm to compare it to, say, issue one and two so far... Um, I'd say I put it just a little under still. I think one and two for me are, are, are a little bit better. And of course, issue five, which is my favourite, would you know that would be top of the top of the heap there. But um, it's a very strong run from Warren Ellis, isn't it? It's good. Oh, I don't think you know. I think this stands as so many people's favourite, or at least the one most people don't stop talking about. So you know, mm. you cannot go wrong with uh, Moon Knight. Was it the trade from the dead? And we'll be covering the next issues. No, sadly, not on Unlimited. No, okay. Okay, well, that's okay. There's loonies available everywhere. And look, if you are a loonie, you probably own this already. 
um, but just tell your friends and they can go get <laughs> they can go get single issues or or our trades or, or read it as well but yeah very very cool indeed right well um since we are broadcasting to you from the past uh, we don't have obviously any feedback for for this um but i'm sure you all would have said there's some Sorry? My cat's being very loud in the background, if you can hear him. There's some ah, feedback, I guess. A... <laughs> some feedback. You know, cats, they are close ties to Egyptian culture. So oh, true. You've got to be careful. Those eyes are windows into some sort of soul or something. Um, or Gibbsy. Very good. Uh, yeah, so no feedback apart from, from Gibbsy there. Uh, but I'm sure it would have been all vastly positive. Uh, as for Spectacle, I'd like again to just shout out the collective. We are part of a band of absolutely awesome uh, collective podcast shows. Uh, there are likes of, it has been released for a couple of weeks now, um, another big plug to the Defenders TV podcast who are wrapping up or have wrapped up their coverage of Iron Fist Season 2. But go check out, they have an interview with Chio Coca the showrunner of Luke Cage, which was um, is an absolute treat to listen to. Uh, that could have gone on endlessly for hours. Um, you know, Coker really does love his stuff. Um, definitely check it out. And as mentioned before, with a resurgence and the upcoming Uncanny X-Men revival, um, be sure to check out Uncanny Nerdverse. Those guys, Ryan and Alan, are really cool. They're on top of their game with this sort of stuff. They also have a Patreon page, so just consider um, maybe supporting your favourite podcasts. Um, and, uh, yeah, I have as well. You can come away with, uh, I think they send out stickers and posters, so something to slap on your your favourite bag or your folder or your Ooh. laptop. Yeah, so very cool. Gives us ideas, Connor, for, you know, maybe down the track, for into the night, maybe, you know, a bit of... Uh, Bit of patronage action. I don't know what we'll have to see. Things always happen behind the scenes. Things so. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'd like to also big shout out again. Thanks to the music supplied for this episode, as always, from the band Delita, our good loony friend Noel, um, guitarist and lead singer of the band. Thank you so much, Delita, for all the music on this show. Yes, I wasn't there for when uh, we first dropped in that piece. But it is fantastic, and I fell in love as soon as Ray sent it to me. So thank you so much for that when yeah. you hear this in, like, two weeks. <laughs> yes. We are... Yes. We'll... Oh, I don't know. I was about to say that we're stuck in a time warp yet again. I think I've said that a hundred times. Anyway, kind of next phase. So next phase, three weeks from now. But as we speak to you next week, what do we have? Uh, Next week, we have... Special guest, uh, Ryan Pitclerk, podcast host from the Venom site. Regardless, I'm sure he'll be there to tell us what really happened in the Venom movie, not some uh, possible takes. Reviewing Moon Knight, Volume 1, Issue 31 and 32. This is our trade arc reviews we drop once a month during the waxing gibbous phase, and it's called A Box of Music for Savage Studs, which relates really well to this issue, actually. (laughs) There you go. Collusion. (laughs) <laughs> Ray set this up probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's um, it can't wait for that one. That should be good. We'll have yeah, someone else on Orion will be very interesting to listen to. So check that out, loonies. We are coming thick and fast still with the into the night train. It's all going well. Uh, as usual, you can find us on email itkmoonnight at gmail We have a blog site which is intothenightpodcast.wordpress.com, where all our show notes and all our descriptions are there, uh, as well as all the links to our newsletters as well. Uh, Facebook as well, we're at facebook.com slash itkmoonlight. That's our page and our group, which oh, is ever-growing. I think we've surpassed the 500 now. I wonder how much Ooh. we'll have in two weeks' time, Connor, i.e. when you hear this right now. Currently, when we speak, as we are in September, I think we've got like 511, so it'd be interesting to see. Holy crazy. Just so, never stops growing. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how much we get. Um, so in the group, sorry, facebook.com slash groups slash ITK Moon Knight. On Twitter, our handle ITK Moon Knight. 
uh, again on Instagram, Tumblr, and YouTube for those who like to use YouTube to search for Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Finally, uh, it would be much appreciated if uh, if you like our show and you like what we're doing, uh, to please maybe just write us a review on iTunes. Um, that is still quite important for a lot of podcasts, just to get our name out there and to uh, keep us you know, in the loop and um, keep us valid amongst podcast listeners. So a review would be very good. Um, and we're all we're available on all podcast catches as well. So whatever is your fancy, we should be there. Okay, Connor, well, I think that wraps up this very odd episode. Very odd. Great issue, though. I think some of the finest, hottest future takes ever perceived in mankind <laughs> and i can't wait to join you next week with three week post me you will be a very different person yeah i'm sure be, we'll be completely unalike so stay be, keen it'd be really weird to just interact with our future selves be um looking forward to it as well don't know what the hell would have happened between now and then anyway as always connor Let's sign off for our lovely loony listeners. Well, as always, may Konshu watch over the denizens of the night and the denizens of two weeks from now. (laughs) Bye-bye. Catch you later. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.